Bettina from Bettina's Kitchen and I'm a plant-based chef, cookbook author and blogger. And I'm Nikki from Rebel Recipes. I'm a food blogger and also a cookbook author. And this is our podcast, What the Focaccia, kindly brought to you by the lovely team at Odyssey. Very much like us, Odyssey believe that food is a way of getting us back in touch with the things that matter the most in life. Food is so good at bringing us together, getting us to think about new ideas and, of course, feeding good conversation. Bettina, you're so right. Odyssey actually specialise in supplying fabulous Greek and Mediterranean flavours and ingredients. And you can see it all for yourself on their website, which is odyssey.com, spelt O-D-Y-S-E-A. It's definitely worth checking them out. And also they have a recipe section, which has some amazing food ideas. And they have very kindly given us an exclusive offer for all of our podcast listeners. So if you order anything from Odyssey and use the code WTF15 at the checkout, you'll get 15% off, which is even more of a reason to check out their lovely produce. Right, let's meet this week's guest. Derek Sarno is a busy man. He's co-founder of the successful brand Wicked Healthy, developer of Wicked Kitchen Vegan Food Range and chef and director of plant-based innovation at Tesco. He's passionate about cooking and veganism, and Derek works really hard to make the movement appeal to the masses. We're so happy to have you here. Uh, we've been trying to get you onto our podcast forever, and I now know. seems like the perfect time. It's, uh, I'm honored to be on your show, you guys. This is amazing. And it's so great to see you, familiar faces. And- yeah, and to see you too. So first of all, how are you? For real, how are you doing? We're obviously... Yeah been in lockdown for quite a few weeks it's easing up a little bit but there's so much going on at the moment right now i'm in, being held in uh it's like northern la so up a little bit above pasadena so more towards the hills uh, it's funny because what i what i've done because now being in america i'm like all right i gotta make the, i'm not going anywhere so i have to be the do the best of it or be have the make the best of it so going into stores i get to see and, I, and experience what i used to do here and now i get i have a different lens that i get to see through yeah. from working at tesco and what we're doing there with all the amazing work of putting out all that plant-based food and really encouraging all the other retailers to compete and so having that eyes now drop here no matter what's going on i still get to shop on the stores and see what america's doing I'm and where, yeah yeah and yeah it's you know the differences between the uk and america clearly are uh the UK is an ama- amazing at doing food service items, like the food safety and like uh, the convenient quick grab and go sandwiches yeah. Um, yeah. and then the ready meals that we make. It's just amazing. So when you see all those in the shelf, it's, it's fantastic. In America, they don't have that at all. It might be a four foot section, whereas we have really? whole aisles. Yeah. Oh, wow. So Not why, fr- why is that, do you think? Um. And it's, well, they're really being affected by it here. So me coming from Whole Foods Market, I don't know if you guys have ever been in one. Uh, which, yeah. yeah, there's a couple of them in England, right? So yeah. they're big on the on the fresh prepared foods. You know, a lot of the, you know, salad bars and yep. the hot mm. bars. Well, that immediately shut down with COVID. Of and so course. we don't do that in England, right? So, you know, you walk into Tesco or any other retailer, there's no hot bars there. You know, maybe in Planet Organic, you have a sub small one here and there, yeah. you know, and um so that's it. We have all the stuff already and ready to go in plastic containers and safe, you know, or whatever containers they are. Um, they don't have that here in America. At least they haven't. Oh. So the difference is that. And then also frozen items. Like frozen items are perceived in the UK to be not as valuable and they're really priced 
stupidly inexpensive in the UK. Yeah, but that's but, not. But that's incorrect, though. That's just something that's been sort of has happened yeah, historically, yeah, it totally and, it, and it's yeah. not. I mean, you know, you can have equally as good and quality products and frozen. It's sometimes just better. Agreed. Price. Yeah, I yeah. think better. Yeah, because you you sometimes pick something better. and it's frozen right there, and then you don't have yeah, to exactly. it doesn't sit around. Yeah, yeah, so that whole perception, yeah. Whereas now in America, you have whole aisles of all these amazing frozen food, but it's not priced as cheaply as it is in the UK. Like right. You can buy a ready meal for under a pound in, in the UK. I do question the, the quality of the ingredients, though, yes. if it's under well, a pound, because how can you actually make any profit unless, yeah. with quality yeah. ingredients? I'm, I'm questioning that. And I, I do understand the fact that people need to afford to uh, buy food. It's just, it's really interesting seeing how different countries do, you know, how the system works. And you really have to be in it for more than a week to understand how things look and work and compare their stores and then compare them to back home. And yeah, it's yeah. just interesting, you know. I mean, is there anything that you think that the U.S. is doing well that could be applicable or interesting for the U.K. when things get back to normal? Uh, I think some of the ingredients are really good, but then we're we're all, I think we've done an amazing job in the UK the last few years. Like we've really came from behind and, and like rose. I used to think the US was leading in plant-based products. Hmm. Um, now, now I think it's, I think the UK has a little bit more, uh, we definitely have more options in the store yeah. uh, as far as ready meals and what we're doing. <clears throat> and and well, I'm you, not just, well, I'm no, not just you, speaking wicked and Tesco stuff, but like in general, you know, yeah. Um, no, but you should be proud of that, Derek, because, I mean, yeah. you, know, I you, remember you have done that, amazing um, job. Mm, I remember when that launched. It's two and a half years ago now, isn't it? Yeah, Is it two and a half two, years ago when it launched? 2018. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah big, and, and, and it has sort of changed. It's changed the landscape, really, hasn't it? I, I think, yeah. obviously, that was, you know, the, the first launch and yeah, yeah. the best. And then, you know, as, as you say, you know, the other retailers have sort of had to, to pick up and up their game and, and follow. Yeah. And everyone you, followed suit yeah, yeah and that's how we I'd create say. change right so because now everybody's yep. into it because they see the opportunity and we're really cre- and it's really got some great momentum now in the uk <clears throat> in the us they do you know that's where impossible is beyond burgers and like all these really the high ticket amazing new brands the singular uh, meat mfp so meat fish and yeah. poultry items you know those were coming out of here but now we're starting to see that come into the uk so it's and what, what do you, what's your personal view on that type of product? And I'll ask you as well, Bettina. I think they are amazing for what they're doing. I totally think the products are amazing to enjoy once in a while, but it's not something I would eat on an everyday, every single meal basis. Yeah. Uh, it's, not, it's not a whole food. It is processed, yeah. But it is what it is. If you look at a hamburger or how animal products are done, that is much more disgusting to me than any piece of plastic or whatever fake thing whatever other people think it is but it's not that you know it is made from different ingredients and just the way they put it together is is really innovative with the impossible burger and beyond burger i'm just um it's interesting in terms of where my food journey has taken me and in the beginning it was like as long as it's vegan it's good Mm. and i believe that for you know quite a few years and then I've sort of more slid into sustainability and, and environmentally friendly. Mm. And to me, um, I think it's a good alternative if you don't want to eat meat. However, I do think it's quite, 
processed and there it contains okay. a lot of stuff yeah um some more than others for sure yeah, yeah. and it's just it's just my personal opinion is that there must be a way where you can create something that comes from plants that is more simplified and less processed <laughs> i get that, that <laughs> that is just that is that that's where I'm coming from, and there must be a better way of doing this so that you can sort of marry together the plant based and the sustainability and the environmentally friendly aspect into products because I think we're at that stage where we have to think of those three pillars. It can't just be vegan, which was great a few years ago. Um, yeah. in terms of products and like that. But there's so many companies now jumping on the bandwagon that they just stamp it vegan and people sort of assume that it's healthy. Mm-hmm. And in many cases, it's it's not. Yes, yeah. no animals yeah. have been harmed, but um, yeah, where does the food come from? How has it been produced? Mm-hmm. It, it does depend on your motivation though, doesn't it? And, you know, and what's your priority? Because like anything, it, it's a complex picture. And for some people, they're not necessarily uh, looking for a healthy solution. They are just happy that it's vegan and they do actually want to eat something that's not necessarily healthy, but they just want it to be vegan. So yeah. know, the, mar- the market's somewhat segmented, isn't it? There, you know, different yeah, 100%. Want different things. Yeah, I mean, Derek, what's, what's your vision though? I mean, because obviously you are, you know, you're playing a pivotal role at the moment with the largest mm. retailer in the UK and you can actually drive that. You can, you can have, you can really direct where the innovation is yeah, yeah. going. I, so I totally agree with you, Bettina, and, and I can see all points. It's like it's great to have that option. It's on the table for people who, yeah. you know, people who live off of McDonald's. It's the yes. healthier. Tr- it's if you. It's like yeah. comparing apples to apples or apples to orange, you know, or whatever. Um, that the impossible and beyond are, are the healthier choice in that situation versus yeah. a McDonald's, and people do have to live on that stuff, which is crazy, anyways. Um, but I totally agree and see that the gap in the marketplace is for an all natural solution. And, Mm. you know, that's something we've been working on from the get go is with the mushrooms. Oh yes. The the mushroom steaks and the mushroom burgers and the shreds. And like, that is like one ingredient with whatever sauce or flavor you add to it. I wanted to ask you something because anyone listening, um, is, definitely going to be interested in sort of your knowledge and your background so mm. if you were someone and you wanted to and, and you came up with a vegan product and you had this amazing idea what advice would you have for that person with all your knowledge it's a process you know and some people have i think so many people have amazing ideas it's just like all right how does that come to light you know do you start off in your house doing and introducing it to family, yes, you know, that's that's the way to do it. And then also farmers markets get, you know, people want to, they need to start off small and work through the kinks before they go big. You know, there's very rare is there's somebody who just creates something in their kitchen and then all of a sudden it's this global brand. Yeah. You know, what do they say? <laughs> An overnight success is an average of 10 years. Yes. You well, know, so the, ten, the 10 year overnight <laughs> success. Yeah, you know, you know, so it's like nothing is like an overnight success. Uh, from a product perspective, you and your brother have got a new product, which is what's it called again? Good catch. The, yeah. Yes, the, good the catch. The tuna. Mm. The tuna. Yeah. So that was what's a product. What's that made that, from? 
that's made from a different um so it's a proprietary blend of like legumes and beans so like different oh, wow. uh, black beans fava beans i, I might get it wrong because so this was the project yeah. i was working on before i took the job at tesco uh-huh. yeah and so as soon as i took the job i'm like all right I, I i can't focus on this anymore chad this is you so he runs that the whole chief of culinary bit on for that company in america yeah. um and then i just i just watch you know kind of like with wiki kitchen he's a, he's a part of it Mm, yeah. And he gives me advice and we talk about it. Um, but I do the work in, in England or right. in the UK, whereas he does all the work in, with Good Kitchen. And what's, it's it an like amazing working, what's it like working with your brother, by the way? I, ha- oh, I have a sister. I, I'm just imagining working with her. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we're a fair amount of years apart. It's, we're six years apart. I'm, I'm the older one, even though people do ask if he's older, which is a great compliment <laughs> for me. Um, (laughs) um, uh, but it's really great you know he's been a long time lifetime vegan since he was young and me i only switched over the last you know i've been vegan four and a half years now for a good five to six seven years before that i i that was when i all started cooking like anytime i was at whole foods was a nice when I was a chef there was when I started cooking vegan um, and really focusing on plant-based and only ate meat when I went out. Um, and that's how I, I just crafted and developed everything I was doing. So so talk us through talk us through your background and sort of how your passion for food started. Have you been, have you always hmm. been a chef? Are you classically trained? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not classically classically trained. I've always been a cook and I consider myself a cook. You know, the term chef, when people call me chef, I know people nowadays, they, they mean it in a very sincere way. And it's, it's, a, it's an honor to be called that. But back when I was cooking younger, you know, it was always like, oh, we chef. We made, it was like a derogatory term because like chef just means you're the boss you know, in oh. a certain situation. And so people would be like, oh, yes, chef. Oh, okay, chef. Alrighty, chef. I got you, chef. You know, and just more of like a <laughs> sarcastic kind of way. <laughs> so, so it's funny. So I just like to, you know, I just, I like to even dumb it down even further. It's like, look, I cook, you know. I've just spent my entire lifetime mastering basic techniques of how to cook and prepare food. And yeah. I want to cook delicious food that makes people happy and smile and healthy, you know. Um well, me yeah, too. So I, I mean, I think that's yeah, a really that's nice motivation, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. cooks, yeah. for sure. Don't like being called a chef. Yeah. yeah. And, and Derek, I'm one not... of your long-time passions has been the sourdough, hasn't it? And that's obviously oh, had, had, yeah, had a huge uh, explosion again during lockdown. But yeah. you've been with sourdough, sourdough for a long time, haven't you? I love yeah. seeing how everybody's baking bread. I mean, Yes. It, is, how amazing yeah. is that? Everybody's baking yeah. and also taking time to cook i mean if, if there's a silver lining in terms of covid yes. is that people are cooking from scratch yeah. again Agreed. and again. discovering cooking skills cooking with their kids yeah um yeah. sitting down and as, as a family and eating together i mean yeah. i think all of those things were pretty alien for for some families of just totally being together agree. all the time yeah i don't know if you saw we released a whole plant-based cooking for kids course for free yeah, I saw on, that. on the YouTube. Yeah. Which is really cool. Oh, so my brother that Chad, that's uh, going over really well. I mean, we, we had developed it to put it on, um, you know, and sell the course. And then as soon as things were, were hitting the fan with COVID, we just said, you know, forget that we don't, 
we don't need to do that. Let's just put it out. So we put yep. it out there and it's been getting great response. You know, it's, it's, that's my brother, Chad, who has the patience of a saint to be cooking <laughs> with three or four kids at the same time. Is like oh. some, some people can do it better than others. And, you know, I would he's the man. Yeah, yeah. because I just want to get it done. (laughs) It takes a lot of patience. Oh my god! So, uh, Derek, just before we we had you on here, I was I was I actually did a little bit of research. I mean, of course, I know you quite well anyway, Mm. and I've known you for ages. But I thought I'll just Mm. have a quick look. Anyway, I was reading Vegan Life interview that they they did with you, and and you said that um, you sort of see things in five year blocks. Is that true? That is and true. where are you within that five-year period? And what's next? Uh, so what's next? God, it's such a good question. Because I will tell you, yesterday I turned 50. <gasps> Happy what? birthday. Happy yeah, birthday. So thank you very much. And uh, so I am almost at I have one more year for that last this current five-year block. It doesn't have to be like five-year, five-year, five-year. You know, some things are starting now where it's just, it's just how I kind of see chapters of everything working um so the tesco and coming to the uk is a was a five-year plan for me so it's like all right i will dedicate and go full bull in a china shop smashing through as much as possible uh and do as much work as possible you know so that i'm coming up on four years you know and i have one more year left of doing that it doesn't mean i'll stop but it what i try to do is set a point that i know is a realistic point that i can get to and then sit back and rethink what it is like a contract and a deal you know imagine if like yeah. relationships all your relationships were like that or marriages or whatnot anything where you would go and be like all right let's check in with each other how are we doing Let's review what we've we've done, how that worked out. What do we see the future? You know, and just like take it. I think it's healthy. In a a more realistic. I think that's a really good way of looking at things, actually. And and it's more achievable and palatable, isn't it, with five years? If you're thinking this is me forever, it it feels a bit different. Exactly. Because, yeah, because if you imagine when I was graduating high school and when you're graduating high school, it's like, what am I going to do? You know, so it's like, all right, just decide what do you want to do for the next couple of years? That's it. Don't Mm. even think past that. And just, you know, and maybe start to craft this bigger vision of what you want to happen at the, you know, how you see your last few years happening, you know, but it's just really good. It's more manageable and palatable for me to think in smaller blocks. So have you started thinking about the next five years? Yeah, I, so I, so (laughs) my history, and I didn't answer all fully last with that last question, you know, I used to live in a Tibetan Buddhist monastery. So for three years in that time has really shaped how I think and how I really try to handle things. Mm. I'm just sitting and meditating and like learning all of that. And I really like half of me wants to just be there again and just studying um, and much more digging into more spiritual and just quiet and understanding rather than just doing, 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 which Mm -hmm. is like, it's because it's really hard to balance. And I know that's what we all work towards. Yeah, You know, I'm the best when I can sit for an hour in the morning and do my practice and then continue with my day. But that's not always happening because things change and stuff happens and life comes up. And, you know, so I average three to five times a week. I get to do that now. I'm quite in awe of that. It's uh, I think it's really hard to 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 balance everything in terms of being mindful and busy. 
Agreed. It's, uh, it's difficult. Agreed. I think another silver lining of COVID is, is the slowing down and taking time to really do things properly, mindfully, yeah. and really think about Agreed. whether what you want to do, mm-hmm. how you want to do it. It's an opportunity so, to take stock, isn't it? I think it yeah. is. So, some of the questions I constantly have on my mind, and like, and I got that from being in the monastery, was uh, one is, am I running away from something or am I running towards something? Mm. And then what's the difference? Where's that line in there? So, like, when I first went there, it was because my fiance had been killed in a car accident, you know, and I don't want to go into all that, but that had happened um, mm. almost 14 years ago. So, it was really, I was just so overwhelmed with grief. And when I decided to, to go to the monastery and just really give everything, I had restaurants, I had everything, and I stopped because I couldn't handle much. And I just didn't see any purpose anymore. So when I went to the monastery, I needed to really sit with that and face it and not just do drugs and yeah. not think about it, you know? So I wanted to yeah. take a different approach. But the one question was like, was I running away from that life? Or was I running to something new? And like where and how? So it's not a question I can answer, mm, yeah. <laughs> but it's one you can ponder. And kind of like Bettina, when you said, let it go, you know, some, some people's reaction to some things are like, oh, you just got to let that go. To say it to somebody is one thing, but for you to really understand that is like, how do you let go of something that is a part of you? Yeah. Like, how do you let go of your arm? You know yeah. what I mean? So I consider those things like, they might not be concrete and they're really intangible things, but they're still a part of you. Like this intense feeling we're feeling about this whole situation now, it's still yeah. a part of me. Like how do yeah. I navigate that? And f- Things I've sort of, you know, found upsetting or, or, or feelings I, I've had, in a way I've only been able to deal with them when I accepted them, not that I've tried to get rid of them, just that yeah, I can just, yeah. they just yeah. sit there now and I'm fine with you that. give up. Yeah. yeah. Surrender up, is the best it. word, yeah. I think. Yeah surrendering but it just sounds funny to go hey surrender that so just surrender (laughs) 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 it's just very difficult to communicate (laughs) yeah yeah, we do something at the end of uh, our our podcast which is uh, we ask all of our guests uh, what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given or words that you live by yeah I really enjoy that and it's a tough question so one of the things I, you know, I, I, it's funny because I write notes everywhere so I can remind, I mean, my arms are tattooed with reminders, <laughs> you know, so there are reminders. They're not just because I wanted to be looking cool or anything. <laughs> so one of the best, yeah. Yeah, exactly, you know, so one of the, one of the things that I like to think about whenever I'm in any situation that's really intense is like, but, and I have to remember to think about it though, is uh, uh, one of my teachers had said, always consider that you're not your thoughts. So really to understand that you're not your thoughts at any given moment. And it allows, when you really sit with that, it allows you to, you know, the goal is to be, have one taste and one, you know, it's all the one, one, whatever it is, you know, just part of it all. But to really understand and separate that you don't have to follow every thought that comes up in your head and you're not that you're not every single thing that is flying by. So to be able to, it instigates me to be able to watch it more like a movie screen rather than be swept up in the river and just full of rage and passion or this or that, but to be able to disconnect just enough so you can control the situation instead of it controlling you. 
You know? I think that's I think that's great advice. And I would imagine really that advice. that's also something that you sort of have to maybe keep reminding yourself. Yeah, you time. have to keep reminding yourself. Right, exactly. So that's one of the reasons why I have tattoos, just so yeah. I can see them and like, all right, that's a trigger. <laughs> but then you get used to that, right? So then it's like, all right, what other ways can you remind yourself? And yeah, yeah it's really I, interesting. I do, I do. We're, we're like, Nikki and I both love to write lists, don't we, Nikki? Yeah. Big <laughs> list writers. Big list writers. I and keep ticking lots them of off. notes. Yeah, ticking mm. them off. And I keep hundreds of notes of sayings mm. or something that pops into my head. And I'm like, right. <laughs> yeah, I love Gotta that. Got to write it down. And I then you that. sort of go through them and you go, oh, yeah, it's a nice reminder to sort of yeah. scroll through. It is. It's really good reminding. Oh, Definitely. Derek, thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. Oh, yeah. It's so nice to see you guys, really. It's, it's been a pleasure. so nice to see you. Uh, so, love you guys. Thanks for having go. me on. Oh, you thank too. you thank so you, much Derek. for agreeing and for chatting with us. And yeah, anytime. We look forward to seeing you. Thank you very much for listening. We really do hope you enjoy our food conversations. Absolutely. And please feel free to follow us on our socials, Bettina's Kitchen and Rebel Recipes. And of course, all of this has been made possible thanks to our sponsor, Odyssey, who supply incredible Greek and Mediterranean flavours and ingredients. You can see it all for yourself, along with some brilliant recipe ideas on the website, which is odyssey.com, spelt O-D-Y-S-E-A. And don't forget that as a listener to our podcast, you get an exclusive 15% off on your order just by using the code WTF15 at the checkout. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button to get more podcast episodes and please feel free to give us a five-star rating. Happy cooking and we'll see you soon.